right, the book of Exodus tonight. Thank you for the music, all the special music, the choir, uh, Exodus chapter number 35, and I appreciate all of the work that goes into uh, our music, and I've I've mentioned this to you before. We have some very talented people when it comes to music, uh, but they work hard at it, and they are dedicated and committed to it, practice every single week. Uh, They have a prep schedule, practice time, and I appreciate the dedication and using their talents for the Lord. Uh, I just, it won't fit in my schedule, so I can't make the practice times, and so I'll just, I'll just stick to the preaching, and I'll let everybody else have that as their ministry. Exodus chapter 35, um, I'm not sure if you recognize this chapter. Uh, we were in this chapter in Sunday school this morning, and because it was dreary this morning, and it was drizzling and raining a little bit, and just seemed like everybody was half asleep, so I'm going to have to reteach the lesson tonight uh, to make sure that you get this. No, I'm not going to reteach the lesson, uh, but I am going to bring out an aspect of what I touched on uh, in the lesson uh, this morning. Uh, this past, uh, I mentioned during the announcements, this past Wednesday night, I taught uh, a, a beginning of a two-part lesson on how to have your faith grow. Uh, a lot of times we think that, well, I just, I want faith like somebody, I just want, and it's a finished faith. That's not the way it works. I preached a week or so ago, it comes with surrender. Surrender precedes faith. The reason why some people don't have faith is because they have not surrendered themselves to trusting the Lord. So it takes surrender to have faith. Then that faith needs to grow. And I taught this past week on some things that God does to have our faith grow. And it centered around him testing us, centered around him putting us in a place where we have to trust him because he wants us to depend completely on him. I mentioned all of that, and we're going to read two verses for our text, and I'll refer to uh, two other verses in this chapter, Exodus chapter 35. We'll read verses 4 and 5, same verses we read this morning in Sunday school. And Moses spake unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord, whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it an offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass. I'll be very practical tonight, but I believe I'll be very helpful. Uh, We have, generally speaking, we have made the Christian life too complicated. That little song, Trust and Obey, could solve 95% of Christians' problems if we would just trust and obey. Uh, well, there is no other way. Now it's stuck in my, in my head. That's all you're going to get this evening. Um, but it's not as complicated as we make it. I didn't say it was easy, uh, but it's not, it's not complicated. Trust in God, faith in God. As a church, we have a task that God has committed to us to do. This is not a country club. This is a called-out assembly called out by God to win the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is our mission. Probably going to preach on this in the next couple of, of Sunday nights. God did not leave us here just to learn more Bible. If he just wanted us to know Bible, he'd take us home and we'd, have, we'd know it all. Uh, but he left us here to do more Bible. He left us here to do his will. He left us here to win the lost. How are we going to have the blessings of God? Faith. We know faith moves the heart of God. And so I want us to look at verse.
verse number five, that phrase right in the middle of the verse, whosoever is of a willing heart. We showed in the Sunday school lesson this morning what got done because the people had a willing heart. I believe that what God blesses in the days of the Old Testament, God will still bless today. I believe the faith that God blessed in centuries gone by, God will still bless faith today. I believe God still blesses a willing heart. I want all of us to take a few minutes tonight and look inwardly at our heart. Tonight, I don't want you to look at your ability. I've made much today about Commitment Sunday. I've made much about everybody making a commitment. But for the next few minutes, I don't want to talk about a commitment. I don't want to talk about our means. I want to talk about our heart. I want to talk about our surrender. Let us not forget, God does not need our means. We get to offer it to Him so that He can use it. What God wants is that heart. Tonight I want to speak on this. The key to the work is a willing heart. This church is a work of God. We do the work. We as a church have a work to do for Him. We understand this. We know this. How are we to do it? We have to have a willing heart. The key to every great work that's ever been built, every great work that God has ever blessed, it started with a willing heart. The church does not need what this world says we have to have. We, we don't have any smoke machines. We don't have any strobe lights tonight, nor are we ever going to have them. The world says you have to have that to attract the... We'll, we'll just depend on God. We'll depend on the Word of God. But you know what it is? This is work. The key to the work is a willing heart. Father, I pray you would use your word tonight. You've already blessed us today. You've already blessed us tonight with the fellowship, uh, with the music. Father, I pray that you would use your word to help us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We know the context of the chapter this evening because we looked at it in Sunday school this morning. Uh, but God had instructed the people to build a tabernacle for Him. And He instructed them, and the, the lesson this morning, of course, was stewardship of our abundance. Now, God had already made a way. He had already, if you will, deposited in their bank account the means to build that tabernacle. He took it from the Egyptians when He delivered them. They had it, but God asked them to give it. He did not take it from them like he instructed them to take it from the Egyptians. He wanted them to give it with a willing heart. If you're saved tonight, and I trust that you all are, you are saved because you willingly gave your heart to him. This, this, this heresy that says God has predestined, predestined some to heaven and predestined some to hell and man has no choice, that is not Bible. That is not Bible. Man, everybody who, who, who goes to heaven will do so by their choosing. God is not going to choose to send anyone to hell. Man will go to hell because they choose to reject God. God wants you to choose Him. And as a Christian, after we choose to place our faith in Him, 
He wants us to spend our life in dependence on Him. He wants us to choose to surrender. Now, He will put things, bring things into our life that will get us thinking, I need to surrender to God. Uh, He can put pressure like no one else can. He can bring things into our life to to shine a light in our heart on the things and the areas that that are unsurrendered in our own heart, in our own life. He has that ability. That's the work of the Spirit of God. That's that's how He works. That's one of the purposes of the Word of God. That's how, how it works. God brings about those things, but God wants us to have a willing heart. Now tonight, I ask you, how willing is your heart? You serve in ministry in the church, you're not made to do it. I've been pastoring you now for eight years, and I've learned a lot since my first year in the pastorate. Um, I I hope I learn more as the years go by, but I made a declaration a few years ago that I'm no longer begging anybody to serve God. Uh, God's worthy of us serving Him. I'm not begging any young people, would you please surrender your life to God? God is worthy. And we should not have to be begged to serve Him in the choir. We shouldn't have to be begged to serve as an usher. We shouldn't have to be begged to serve in the nursery. We shouldn't have to be begged to to go soul winning. We shouldn't have to be begged to serve Him. He's worthy. We should be willing and it's true, it's said a lot, of, a lot of times at missions conferences and missions emphasis days that uh, we, not everybody can go to the mission field, but you ought to be willing to go. You, you've heard that before. Not everybody can do what others can do in the church, but you ought to be willing to. Not everybody, God's not going to ask everybody the same of everybody, but we ought to have a willing spirit, a willing heart, a life that is willing to give anything and everything to Him. Now, I'm going to make... Four statements. That's a shock to you. I know. I'm going to make four statements tonight, and they're going to build on one another, but I want you to look into your Bible this evening. It'll feel more like a Wednesday night Bible study, but this will help us tonight. I want, to, I want us to look at our text tonight at verse number five again. Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. Notice this next word. Whosoever is of a willing heart. Statement number one is this. Any heart can be willing. Any heart can be willing. Man puts a premium on talent. God does not. God wants us to be a good steward with the talent. There are many, as I preached this morning, about the the lad who was, was there. He didn't have any special ability, but he was willing. And we eliminate ourselves and we eliminate others from being used by God in a way God wants to use them because we put a premium where God does not. God wants a willing heart. No matter who you are this evening, you can have a willing heart. You can have a heart that says, whatever God wants of me, that's what I'm going to do. However God wants me to serve, that's what I'm going to do. As we pray through this campaign, whatever He impresses upon me to give or to do so that I can give, I'm willing to do it. A lot of times we're afraid of what God might ask us to do. We don't understand that's where the avenue of God's blessings is. That's where the avenue of of service is. And and God just wants us to be willing to surrender. That's why 
Let me touch on this very, very, very quickly. That's why there's always going to be an emphasis for our children and our teenagers, our young people, to surrender their lives to God. Say, well, well, I know somebody who surrendered and God didn't use them. That's God's business. Let me say, He didn't use them in a certain capacity. He still uses them. But that's God's business. But God just wants a willing heart. And that's why the unwilling heart, that's why he's going to keep tugging and keep tugging and keep tugging and keep tugging until it's willing. And it's up to God what he does and how he does it. And by the way, if, if you are in the service tonight and, and you have been willing and God has seen fit to keep you here, by the way, this isn't a bad place to be. Florida's not a bad place to be. And the Emmanuel Baptist Church is not a bad place to serve. There's a few things going on around here. If God has kept you here, that's okay. Just be willing. Be willing to do. You may, you may, you may have no ability, no talent at all when it comes to music. Yeah, you shouldn't be willing to sing in the choir. No, that, that, that doesn't apply that one. No, any, any heart can be willing. We use that word whosoever when it comes to salvation. And we should. Whosoever means anybody. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Is there an exclusion from that? There's not an exclusion from that. It's the same word, which tells me that anybody can have a willing heart. Your bad experience does not give you justification to have an unsurrendered heart. And there's a lot of independent Baptist rebels or former independent Baptist rebels who want to use a justification for a bad experience or use justification for a, or for a message where the pastor preached and stepped on my toes or mom and dad wouldn't let me go out on Friday night with all the other kids. Uh, that's not a justification for you to have an unsurrendered heart to God. We ought to have a surrendered heart. You think everybody's been nice to me? And Christian people are, are ruder to me than unsafe people. And that's just between here and there. Everybody hasn't been nice to you either. But I should still be willing to have a smile on my face. I should still be willing to show the light of Christ in my life. It's about a sir. Any heart can be willing. You're no exception. I'm no exception. And tonight... If you sit here in this service, if you're watching this evening by live stream, and you, if you're honest and you say, I have, there's a part of me that's unwilling. I don't know that I have a, a willing heart. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're listening because you're a candidate to have a willing heart. Because at one point, everybody who has a willing heart tonight, they had to give that heart. They had to surrender their will. They had to become a willing heart. Number one, any heart can be a willing heart. We look at the same verse of Scripture tonight. Take ye from among you an offering from the Lord, whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it, an offering of the Lord. Notice the Bible. Let him bring it. A willing heart brings a willing offering. I'm think, and I, there's been times in my life when I have been faithful to give as I should give, not just financially, but of myself. I did it because God told me to do it, not because I wanted to do it. I, and if 
I'm the only one like that, you're lying because I know that's, that's human nature. It's like the child. You tell them to obey. They may do it, but they may not be very happy about it. Um, it's like, you know, the wife wants you to go to Walmart. I just want you, I'll go with you. I want you to be happy about it. That's not happening. <laughs> I'll go with you, but don't, don't ask too much. Uh, we ought to have a, a willing heart brings a willing offering. It should not be a chore for you and I to give ourselves to the Lord to serve Him. Uh, I know we battle our flesh. Every one of us battles our flesh. Every one of us has limitations because we are flesh. But how willing is your offering? I'm not just talking about our treasure, but it certainly applies. How willing is it? Is it, here's our standard. Are you ready for this? Here's our standard. It should be, we should try the best we can for it to be as willing as Christ was when he went to the cross. How willing are we with our offering of our time, of our talent? Well, it's just inconvenient. The standard has been set by the Lord himself. We should be as willing, best we can, trying to achieve that standard of being as willing as Christ was when he went to the cross. How a willing heart brings a willing offering. See, we're, we're not as good at disguising as we think we are. We, we, we like to put up these walls, and we like to, to, to disguise some things in our life, and, and we've, we've fooled ourselves into thinking that we're hiding from God. We had nothing from Him. But even amongst ourselves, it's not hard to see if where the rub is, if we're unwilling to give of ourselves. A willing heart brings a willing offering. We said, number one, any heart can be a willing heart. If you're unsurrendered tonight, I don't want you to get upset. Anything that's said, I want you to just consider, would you give your heart to the Lord? Would you surrender to Him? It's a pretty good life. I, I, I don't regret ever giving anything to God. And that would be the testimony of so many tonight. A, any heart can be a willing heart. Number two, a willing heart brings a willing offering. Let him bring it. God said, if you want to give something, you bring it. He said, if you're going to give it, I want to see you bring it. He didn't want anybody else bringing their offering for them. He wanted them to bring it to show they had a willing heart. Because we're in this campaign, I'll, I'll, I'll make the connection. I'm not filling out your commitment card for you. That's between you and God and whether you have a willing heart or not. I, I hadn't, hadn't thought of that before now, but maybe next time we'll hand out pre-filled out. Anyway, that wouldn't be a willing heart. A willing heart brings a willing offering. Number three, I want you to look at verse number 21. And they came, everyone who came. Now, there's going to tell, the Bible's going to tell us who came. Now, we've already established that any heart can be willing. Are you with me tonight? There's, there's, no, there's no background, there's no circumstances that we can use as an excuse to say, I'm the exception. It's impossible for me to be willing. You may not want to be willing, but it's not impossible for you to be willing. 
You may have to swallow some pride, but you can be, have a willing heart. You may have to get over some bitterness, but you may have a willing heart. You may have to set aside some weights, but you can have a willing heart. Any, whosoever, any heart. We've, the Bible's established that. The Bible has also established, we just said, a willing heart brings a willing offering. God said, let him. I want to see who's willing. Now in verse 21, who shows up? Certainly those who fit those qualifications, anybody can be willing. Don't we, don't we, don't we see the way God does it? Anybody can be it. Now I'm going to see who it is. I'm going to see who's actually surrendered. So it, a willing heart brings a willing offering. Now look at verse 21 again. And they came, everyone, who came? Whose heart stirred him up, and everyone whom his spirit made willing. And they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation for all his service and for the holy garments. Now, we said, number one, any heart can be a willing heart. Number two, a willing heart brings a willing offering. Now, they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up. There was something that stirred them to be willing to bring that offering. Their heart was in tune with what God had instructed them to do. They came, everyone. Now, God had already set the parameter, uh, a willing heart. So they were stirred. What stirred them? The thought of God having a tabernacle that was worthy of Him. A thought of making God happy, pleasing Him. Our goal tonight as the Emmanuel Baptist Church is not to please the brethren. It's not to please this world. It's to please God. You know this because you, you know your Bible. You know this because I've told you. You know this because we've seen what God's done. I, I do my very best never to come out here and preach a message with thinking about how it's accepted. I want to help you, but my audience is the King of Kings, is the Lord of Lords, before it is you. Because He is who we are supposed to please. I'm thankful that we have a very close relationship as pastor and people, and we have a love for one another that is not everywhere you go. I'm thankful for that, but more than I want you to do anything to please me, I want you to do it to please God. Because He is worthy of it. Their heart was stirred. Does the things of God stir your heart? Does it stir you to do something for Him? Was that group was up here singing, was your heart stirred? Let me put it in another context. The Spirit of God was bearing witness. The Spirit of God, it wasn't your flesh that was stirred. It was your spirit that was stirred. When you drive and you see the masses of people in our city who have no hope because they don't have Christ, do you stop to let it register? And then do you let it stir you? You think about the blood that has been shed so you and I can hold this book in our hands. That should stir you. 
to think that you and I have an opportunity as his church in this day in 2021 to make some sacrifices, to step forward by faith and do something for him, that stirs me. It stirs me to think of the thousands of cars that are drive up and down that, that, that expressway. And they'll see what God has done. It stirs me. It stirs me to think of those buses rolling into this parking lot and those children getting off and having a Sunday school class to go to and the number of people who will be saved, the missionaries who are going to be sent out, the things that God does, that stirs me. Does it stir you? Let me put it this way, a little more pointed. Does football stir you more than the things of God stirs you? How about Hollywood? Can we talk more about the things that are going on in Hollywood than we can the things of God? It's a shame when young people who grew up in Christian homes know the songs of the world, those tunes are stuck in their head more than the hymns of Zion. This man is not modeling anything after Hollywood, after this world. This world doesn't decide uh, the trends for me. It doesn't stir me. Uh, and, and, and I'm just asking the question tonight. Does the things of God stir you? If they stir you, then you've got to bring an offering. You've got to bring an offering. An offering of yourself. An offering of your time. An offering of your ability. We've got a world to reach. We've got a city to make a difference in. We have an opportunity in the day when, when everybody is saying it can't be done. Things in this world are too corrupt. The world is too far gone. Let's just, let's just bring it all in and just wait for Jesus to come. I'm not waiting for him to come. I'm watching for his return. There is a difference. And if we're watching for his return, I'm stirred up to do something in the time that I have. We don't have a whole lot of time left to make a difference for the cause of Christ. Something inside of us ought to stir us. And if we're stirred, action follows. Don't tell God how stirred you are. Show him by bringing your offering. Show him by sacrificing of yourself. Show him by a surrendered heart. Show him by a willing heart to be a witness, to give to the cause of Christ, to be a help, to be a blessing, to be an encouragement. Show him by getting in your prayer closet on a daily basis and praying for the blessings of God. Show him by seeking his approval instead of the world's approval. We can talk the game today, but a willing heart is different because it is stirred. And I, when it's offering time, I got to show up. When it's time for God's people to do something, I've got to be here. So a lot of times we say we're surrendered, but then there's never a time when that heart stirs us to do something. I, I said, number one, any heart can be a willing heart. Number two, a willing heart brings a willing offering. Number three, a willing heart is a stirred heart. 
This is a good question for all of us tonight and a good checkpoint for us to ask ourselves, what stirs us? What stirs us? Heaven stirs me. I've got family in heaven, as you do. That stirs me. Heaven stirs me because one day I'm going to be there and I want to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Heaven stirs me because of those who have been faithful and gone on before me. I'm stirred by it. Does hell stir you? The fact that there is a hell, that many will go there because simply because the saved were not stirred enough to do something to reach them. See, there's more at stake than just whether or not you participate in something what we're doing with this building program. There's literally eternities at stake. Pastor, I just don't believe if I don't... Well, you believe whatever you want to believe, but my Bible teaches me that a stirred heart, something that is stirred, I've got to show up. I've got to have a part of it. I've got to be a part of it. If, it ain't, if it's not much, I at least want to be accounted for because there's something inside of me that says, well, they're taking an offering for the tabernacle. I can't sit at home and not be a part. I may not have the gold that somebody else has. I may just have thread, as we talked about this morning in Sunday school, but I'm going to show up and deliver my thread because there's something inside of me that stirs me. It says, i got to do something. I've got, the heart is stirred. We said, number one, any heart can be a willing heart. Number two, a willing heart brings a willing offering. Number three, a willing heart is a stirred heart. Number, th- number four, a work problem is actually a willing heart problem. Look at verse 29. The children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord, every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for an for all manner of work which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. The work was accomplished because the people had a willing heart. So if there is a work problem, it's not that this book is outdated. Are you with me? God does not expire. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. It applies today. God's not shocked by technology. Not one bit. This book still applies today. And if there's not a work problem, there's not a church problem, the church is still God's institution. It's still the institution which Christ founded. It is still the avenue that God intends for the world to be reached with the gospel. It is still the place, the hospital, if you will, where, where we, can, we can get what we need from the Word of God, when we can, we can, we can get healed from how this life beats us up and, and, and defeats us from time to time, and we can build ourselves up so that we can go out and be a witness and to minister to, to those who do not know the Lord. But if there's a work problem, it's because there's a willing heart problem. Each and every one of us, from the pastor to the back pew, we need to make sure our heart is willing. A lot of times churches dies because the heart of the pastor is not willing to live by faith. The heart of the pastor is not what it should be. By the grace of God, I want my heart to be what it needs to be. I don't ever want to limit God because I do not have faith. I'm not willing to step out as he would lead 
us as a church to step out. So other times churches die because, and it's not because the pastor doesn't have a willing heart, it's because the people don't have a willing heart. Again, it's not a work problem. It's a willing heart problem. The Bible is not broken. The gospel is not broken. The same gospel that you believed in for salvation still works today. So if God's work does not go on, you know, there's, there's a lot of criticism about those that believe like we believe. A lot of criticism today. Well, it's too old-fashioned. It's just, you know, those, uh, those, those uh, narrow-minded, those, and it's the same things that have always been said. But the problem isn't those who have willing hearts. It's those who don't have willing hearts. Do you know what could be done for the cause of Christ for every Christian? And I do believe America, we have a multitude of saved people in our country. I believe that. But make no mistake about it, they're not all willing hearts. What, what are our young people, and I'll take criticism for this, and I'll continue to take criticism for this, and I don't have a problem with it. But imagine if all of our willing, if our young people were just as willing to pursue the things of God as they are to pursue an almighty dollar. Imagine what would take place in our world. Think about the parents who would rear their children to serve God with their life, as opposed to making money to take care of them in retirement. What a difference that would make in this world. Think of every child of God, guys excited about the things of God, as they did when football season rolls around. I'm not against getting excited about football. I'm not, I'm, not against, I'm not against that at all. But do you get more excited about that than you do things of God? We should not. Uh, how's, how's the heart? If there's a work problem, if we as a church do not accomplish what God intended for us to accomplish, not just in this program, but when Jesus calls us all home, and the Emmanuel Baptist Church gives an account of their time in their generation. It will not be because there's a problem with the work. It'll be because the hearts weren't willing. Is your heart willing tonight? The key to the work is a willing heart. I've been preaching on that miracle of the five loaves and two fishes. And the lad who was just willing. And God did the miracle. He just wants us to be willing. That's why God said anybody can give an offering. But you're going to have to give it. I'm not forcing you to bring it. I'm not forcing you to do anything. How sad is it that the God in heaven, we approach him, that he's got to convince us that he's worthy of making sacrifices. He's worthy of dedication. He's worthy of our surrender. Uh, he's more than worthy. So tonight, I just want all of us to think and be honest. Is my heart willing? Some tonight, you know what's holding you back? Bitterness. You're bitter about something that's taking place in your life. 
you're bitter about the actions of somebody else. You may even be bitter because of your own actions. Why don't you just give all that up? You know, you being bitter at somebody or at something that happened in life isn't going to change one circumstance. I'm so thankful I learned this lesson a long time ago when we lost our second daughter. We, and the Lord decided to, instead of healing her on this side of eternity, He would heal her on the other side of eternity. And I just decided, if I've done anything right, I just decided I have to go through this. I can't change it. So if I get bitter about it, if I get angry at God, it's not bringing anybody back. So I might as well learn everything I can learn and help somebody else with it. Don't, don't, don't let the bitterness in your heart keep you from offering the sacrifice you should offer. Don't let the enticement of this world keep you from giving yourself to the Lord. And it's not just our teenagers and young people that need to be, have that preached to them. You know, all of us need to be reminded of the enticements of this world. Let's see what God will do with a willing heart. That's really the theme of what we're trying to accomplish. Does he have my heart? You know, I, I think and we, we had the last, and I'll close with this, we had the last campaign fellowship last night, inappropriately in the tent. And somehow, I mean, we're talking about building millions of dollars worth of buildings, and we spend more time, as much time talking about that old tent as we do all the new construction. Now, if we build all these buildings, and I hear one question about, well, wasn't it nice and I don't want to hear that. But God certainly blessed us because of exactly what I'm preaching tonight. It's about Him. It's about Him. God wants to bless us, and God wants to extend our ability to reach other people. This is necessary to do it. Let's not be content, as I've said to you before, with just having paved parking. Those of you that have been on that journey with us, if you've only joined us since we were here, sometime we'll have to tell the stories of the mud holes and the torrential rain. But God sees a willing heart Let's, let's just see what God will do with all of us. Father, I pray.